Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday, the day after, if you will, the Federal Reserve meeting. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. 800-951-0592 is the toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com and I hope this day finds you well. What a 24, you know, I never know. From one show to the next, it seems like uh, anything's possible. Anything can happen in this world that has gone completely mad. Uh, Trade deals, no trade deals. Uh, Fed rate hikes, no rate hikes. Balance sheet, no balance sheets. And so much more. We've got a great show lined up for you. A lot of things to talk about. Yesterday, we did a big thing on Basel III. For those of you that didn't uh, hear yesterday's show, uh, go out and podcast. Oh, by the way, and I apologize, Ramon uh, had some personal uh, issues uh, where he had to, well, he had to go to a funeral. I, I think he'll be okay if I, had to, if I told you that. Uh, so the YouTubers, you YouTube guys, we weren't able to get the shows uploaded onto YouTube while he was gone. We were able to do the other ones. Uh, they'll all be up today. So uh, I, I apologize. Uh, I actually did not know that that wasn't working till the other day. Uh, several of you guys were calling in asking about it. They'll all be up today. Uh, I think, And I'm pretty sure all the other forms like iTunes and Google Play and all that other stuff uh, was uh, working out there. Uh, so just... Just know today we'll get all caught up and uh, working on uh, figuring out how in the future how we'll be able to do that because uh, Ramon needs a day off here and there. So I uh, uh, just wanted to update you on that. But we we're talking about Basel III in the March 29th deadline and Andrew McGuire, uh, USA Watchdog. What We, we pay, played uh, about a 12-minute clip yesterday. After the show, I got a call. We got the greatest customer. You guys are the best. Really are, and and I don't I, I don't mean that because I want to you know suck up to you, uh, but but last week I actually we, and I forget oh we were talking about the the Congress's pensions, and uh, I got a great email from a customer who kind of set us straight. We 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 were led a little astray on exactly how much they get and when they get it and all those things. And yesterday I got a call after the show, and the guy said, hey, man, I think this is fake news. And, and I, I kind of laughed, and I said, well, not really, because I'm reading the Basel III agreement. Uh, and, then, and then we talked some more, and I told him, I said, you know what, let me do this. Let me, let me look into it. And I did. And fascinating things that I found out. So there was actually a guy out there uh, that came out. He, he does a, like a little YouTube four-minute deal, three-minute deal. I don't know. He, he's And I don't know what he does, and I, and I don't want to uh, uh, disparage anybody or anything like that. But he, he came out and responded to Andrew McGuire's interview on USA Watchdog and, and said, hey, I, I've talked to the Bank of International Settlements, and he actually played a clip where he was on the phone with the, I believe it was the relations arm of the Bank of International Settlements, saying, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. 
So I'm going to I'm going to give clarity to that today as well. So we're going to talk about is this March 29th deadline a big deal, not a big deal? Is Basel III real, not real, and, and, and all of that, we're going to do that. And then, of course, obviously, the Federal Reserve, uh, Jay Powell was out yesterday, and nobody liked it. Well, gold liked it, silver liked it, uh, the, the markets kind of reacted negatively, uh, essentially no more rate hikes. There's a shocker, right? <laughs> Right. I mean, I told you, right? No more rate hikes. Uh, we did get word on balance sheet reductions and all of those things, and I'll, and I'll get to all of that today. But the most pressing story I found, because I'm trying to think about why is everybody so crazy, right? When I, when I start believing that I'm the most normal person in the room, right, there's a problem. And and I saw this article, and it just, I think this explains it. Kale, you know, the, the uh, vegetable kale, you know, you know that, that, the new craze, right? All the liberals love to eat kale. Apparently now it has made the dirty dozen list where it is the third worst fruit or vegetables you can possibly eat. And and here's the thing, why I'm so normal now. And my wife will tell you this. I don't eat fruits and vegetables, so I don't have this problem. <laughs> right? But uh, apparently 92% of all kale samples were found to have at least two or more pesticide residues and a single piece of kale could have up to 18 pesticides on it how many pesticides do we use and this is kind of you know what and and, and I, I i don't know anything about anything about this okay this is this is not my wheelhouse but but when you think about right all the people that that, that uh you know Get rid of all the cows and let's all just eat plants and vegetables and all that stuff. These things are loaded with pesticides. You know, and, and I start thinking about, you know, years and decades after decade after decade of consuming this stuff. I think I figured out what's wrong with everybody's minds, right? Too many pesticides. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll return right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday, the day after the Federal Reserve meeting, and uh, a lot of stuff. So, as I was saying before the break, first of all, don't eat kale. <laughs> Because <laughs> it'll turn you into a liberal. Now, uh, seriously, about Basel Three. So as I said, you know, I got this call from a guy and a customer, listener, and and I wish I'd remembered his name because I, I want to give him credit because he made me dig a little deeper. And here's what I found out. So for those of you that don't know, very quickly, Basel Three. This is out of the Bank of International Settlements. Uh, they are the central bank's central bank. Okay, they're the, if, you know, you kind of think about who they are. They are the they, 
right? They're in charge. And they listed after the financial crisis, they came out with a decree that was supposed to make things, I don't know, safer, if you will. And one of the things that, or the big piece of this, and there was, it was a lot of things, right? I don't want to make it sound like this was the only thing. There were a lot of pieces involved. But one of them was the capital holdings, okay? And, and we've talked on this program many, many a time, tier one, tier two, tier three. That's for your regular banks, right? Tier one, tier two, tier three. The Bank of International Settlements also had a Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. After the financial crisis, the Bank of International Settlements in Basel III said you can no longer count Tier 3 as part of your reserves. In other words, we give you zero credit for a Tier 3. Gold was a tier three ever since the, uh, I guess it was the Jamaican agreement in 1978. This is how the central banks, from since 1978, gold has been considered a tier three asset by the central banks. In other words, it was well, you know, risky. That was, that was, you know, when you say tier three, just think these are risky. In, in, in our uh, simple terms, these, this would be subprime. Okay, so you got, you know, loans to people with bad credit type things, uh, more likely to default, stuff like that. That's since 1978, that's how central bankers viewed gold. Because why? Well, we know why. Because they wanted to give credence to the paper with the funny color ink on it. Because that's really all it is. And, and soon to be an electronic credit. After the financial crisis, they, got, they said, you know what, no more risky assets. You don't get to count. You don't get to do anything with those. So, by the way. Uh, guys, I got to finish this part. The risky assets, the tier threes, you got to count as 50%. So as an example, if something was you had a loan, a tier three loan for a million dollars, you only could borrow $500,000 against it, right? That, that was That was kind of the value that they gave it. Basel three, they said no more tier three. And by the way, gold is now a tier one, right? So we hopped over tier two and went straight to tier one that says, hey, from here on out, gold's as good as any of the other debt stuff, right? Because gold would be the only non-debt instrument in the entire basket. All the tier one stuff, you're looking at cash. And if you have cash, that means it's in the bank, which means it's not yours. Right? We know that. Right? That's banking law. You're an unsecured creditor. Bonds. 
right? Treasuries and things of that nature, mortgage-backed securities, the you know, the good ones, if there is such a thing, right? Gold's as good as them. And you can borrow, it, it counts 100% too. So if you have a million dollars in gold, you got a million dollars worth. You can borrow a million dollars worth. And that part is absolutely fact. That is exactly what's happened. So in the in my investigation about March the 29th, because that is the day that that this seemingly was going to go into effect. The United States, so by the way, they put this out in 2012. And, and earlier, I, I want to say a couple of days ago when I first talked about it, I, I, I made the statement that, hey, they, they said this in 2012, but it didn't go into effect until 2019. That they were, that's how far ahead they knew this was going to happen. That isn't quite true. In 2013, our central bank, along with the FDIC, agreed to follow Basel III. Canada followed suit. The Bank of Japan followed suit and agreed. The EU did not. And they said, hey, you know what? You know, banks of banks here. Hey, guys, this is going to kill us. You're kind of letting us know, hey, we got a lot of tier three. <laughs> That's just my thought. I don't know. But the, the EU banks wanted concessions from the Bank of International Settlements. So the bank extended the deadline, according to the Financial Times. Okay, that's the. If you ever seen the Financial Times, it's it's pink. Uh, I I don't know why, but it but it's pink. Uh, it it's like uh, the English version, if you will, of the Wall Street Journal. Kind of similar to that. Similar things. It's the Financial Times. Very you know, great little financial newspaper. A lot of stuff that makes your head hurt is in there. The deadline got extended to March 29th, 2019. Since that time, so remember, we had already agreed in 2013, Canada agreed, Japan agreed, a lot of the central banks agreed. The European central banks did not. And this is uh, apparently now from what I can tell, they have now agreed whatever concession that the Bank of International Settlements was willing to give them, and I guess they needed more time for their banks to get rid of some of this stuff, that now the European central banks are on board. And so the only thing I couldn't find out, here's where, here's where it gets interesting. So all the banks now have agreed that this is what we're going to do. I don't know if they actually started doing it when they agreed or they're waiting for all of them to do it at once. Right? That's the only thing I don't know. So, so I don't know if 
once they agreed that, hey, from here on out, this is how we did it? Or, hey, we agree to do it, and whenever you tell us the start date, that's when we'll start. Depending on that, we'll we'll make it dependent upon whether or not the April 1st, if you will, because that'll be April 1st will be the, the first trading day, how big of an effect it'll have. But it does answer a lot of questions, doesn't it? Now we understand why all of a sudden, right, 2018 was the year central banks bought the most gold since, actually it was the second largest amount of gold in a single calendar year ever. Uh, The largest, by the way, 1967. I I went, as I was doing this Basel thing, I was doing some other things. So, So just so you know, and remember the story I told you, how since the 50s, the central banks were taking all their gold back. And that's why we closed the gold window 1971, because we were going to run out. And then in 1978, they made gold the tier three asset, which basically said, hey, none of you should really want this stuff. Now, fast forward to 2012, oh, you know what, just kidding, it's really a tier one again. But 2018 seems to be the year most of the European central banks agreed to conform to Basel III, which makes sense, right? Because then we saw, right, we saw, what was it, Uh, Hungary or Poland bought gold, Hungary bought gold. Uh, the Germans, right, they repatriate. Now we, now we understand why in 20, uh, I think it was 2013, Germany announced it wanted its gold back. Then the Netherlands wanted its gold back. Aust- uh, Austria started buying gold, right? All of that kind of ties together. So whether whether we have a huge event or whether it's, hey, this is just the way it's been going and we've done it very slowly, I think we're seeing the effects. The implementation of Basel III is going to lead to a lot more central bank gold buying. I mean, I think that really is the message in it all. And and I appreciated that call from the from one of our listeners out there because it's important. Listen, I want to make sure you get the best news because knowledge is power. So that that was Basel III in a nutshell. Is gold is now, and I guess officially March 29th, according to the Financial Times, uh, is, a, is a date. It's not the important date. I guess the important dates are when these banks agreed to conform to Basel III. Here in the U.S., we agreed in 2013. Uh, like I said, Canada, Japan, a lot of these other banks since then. And then the last group of banks, central banks, to approve it was the EU. They wanted some concessions. I don't even know what they were. I couldn't find that out. What, what I was, what I read was they got something, right? The, the Bank of International Settlement let them do something uh, to get them to come on board. Uh, so that's Basel III. I hope that clears that up for everybody. I had a headache when it was over. Right? And this is the problem with these guys, which is they want to 
tell us one thing. And then behind the scenes, they want to do something else. Right? Think about this. From 1978, and really way before that, from 1933, when, at least for us here, they took the gold away. Couldn't own it till 1971. Then when you could own it, in 1978, they're like, man, everyone's buying gold. I know. Let's make it a, a the worst investment grade possible. We'll stick it as a tier three. And then very quietly, after everything blew up, they said, hey, let's make it a tier one again, but let's try to keep it hush-hush. And I think that really signifies to all of us what you should be doing. How many times have I said, be your own central bank? There you go. Now the central bank's central bank is telling you to be your own central bank. 800-951-0592. When we get back, I'm going to tell you what Jay Powell had to say. Uh, Nothing that should surprise any of us about rate hikes about the the balance sheet, one of the key things in there is how is the Federal Reserve going to help us sell all that debt? Picture Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In the era of free speech zones and safe spaces, we're used to college professors displaying shocking bias and radical teaching. What could possibly be worse than the stories we've already heard, right? Well, American University in Washington, D.C. hosted an event that may just shatter your ever-lowering expectations for American college faculty members. In February, the university hosted an event on anti-racist grading with a professor who contends that American grammar and grading standards are racist and that they perpetuate unjust language structure. University of Washington Tacoma professor Aso Anoy led a seminar designed to make professors rethink grading structures and rethink writing assessment ecologies towards anti-racist ends. This isn't the first time Professor Anoy has made the news. A banner hanging in his writing department and a prior essay he published titled A Gradeless Writing Course that focuses on labor and assessing has given him a name in this new movement. The bottom line for these professors is this. Stop grading on quality. Professor Inouye contends that language is constantly changing and adapting. Therefore, there really is no inherent standard of English. By adhering to old standards and hierarchies, we are restricting how people communicate in our new global world. While it may seem logical for a professor to be open-minded about adapting to his students, the good feelings end there. This professor goes further into a description of essentially allowing students to grade themselves, not based on how their work held up against a standard, but based on how much labor they completed and what they feel their grade should be. The reality of this dangerous, no-standard, no-quality grading is that it leaves our students wildly unprepared for a workforce in which they will be demanded to meet certain schedules and standards by employers who don't care how they feel they did. Parents, beware. From the implementation of workforce-ready standards in primary education to feeling standards of secondary education, it's never been clearer that liberals in the field of education have everything in mind but the loving and quality upbringing of our children. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. The new Tier 1 asset gold. <laughs> silver, same thing with silver, too. The new Tier 1 assets, gold and silver. Uh, and you know what's coming next. right? That, that's, that's the end of the fiat cycle as we know it. Right, we're we're in the final stage, you know. And here's what's funny is uh, the agreement for Basel goes all the way through uh, 2027. There's certain things that you know get implemented later and later and later down the line. And I'm just thinking about 2027 because I don't think they do anything on accident. I'm wondering if 2027 is the day they have in mind. Uh, for the ending of at least fiat money as we know it. And we go to the some form of an electronic credit. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there. You know, it's not a conspiracy thing. I don't have any any knowledge. I just found it interesting as I was researching this. 2027 kept popping up. Speaking of popping up, Jay Powell... He probably wants to quit sticking his head up, doesn't he? Uh, he had the big meeting yesterday. Uh, the press conference after the central bank announced no rate hike in March. The Federal Reserve said not only are we going to leave rates unchanged. And remember, their official stance, two and a quarter to two and a half. Right now, the rate sits at 2.4%. The federal funds rate, 2.4%. Remember that number, and I'll get to that, why that's important in a minute. Not only did they say they weren't going to hike in March, he officially announced the central bank will not hike rates at all in 2019. Obviously, a big change from the last meeting in December. Well, I guess the last meeting was in January. But in December, remember, they hiked, and at least on their little dot plot, which was the stupidest thing ever, they should really get rid of it because it just makes them look like idiots. They were supposed to hike rates two more times. Of course, remember, in December, I told you, the Federal Reserve, if they're going to follow through on their plan, is going to devastate all of your wealth. Your 401k is going to get decimated. And, of course, I was right. They were wrong. They know. He knows. Still going to get decimated. Just maybe they're trying, fingers crossed, to make it last a little longer. And they also downgraded for the second meeting in a row. GDP growth for the United States. They now have 2019 GDP down to 2.1%. Okay, so right. Well, I, what happened to three? 
uh, three was never really a real number. But now they're down to 2.1. Here's my here's what scares me about 2.1. They're always overly optimistic. So I, I, I'm thinking we're back to sub 2% growth, and that's why they, they've cut no more rate cuts, no more rate hikes, excuse me. And I actually think before 2019 is over, they could be talking rate cuts. But he didn't say that. He said, uh, and I want to be accurate here, he expects a slowdown, but not a recession. Listen, we've already slowed down. Right, you're already behind. Uh, the The word "patient" was used again uh, for the second meeting in a row. They've downgraded U.S. GDP growth. They see some weakening, but they do not see a recession. Listen, they've never seen a recession. Uh, the jobs market remains strong. Blah 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 blah. The rate hikes uh, they, they are down to none. It does say in their little dot plot chart, that one rate hike may be possible in 2020 and or 2021. Not really sure, and and you can get rid of that. No rate hikes again ever, because we can't afford it. The big piece, though, of information was the bond sell-off. They are going to start slowing the amount of bonds off of their balance sheet in May. And by September, they're not going to sell any more bonds. Here's what they are going to do. So so think about the issues that we're having. Right, we got record levels of debt that we have to sell. We know that. Nobody's buying them anymore, right? We know that too. Right? I shouldn't say nobody. I mean, Somebody ends up having to buy them, but but uh, participation rate, kind of like the unemployment rate. Why is the unemployment rate so low? Because the labor participation rate is so bad, right? We got almost 100 million people that could be working, not even counted. Kind of the same thing here at the bond market. We, we have a bad participation rate. In other words, the amount of people coming to buy our debt keeps falling. And it doesn't help that the central bank was trying to sell some of theirs. So here's what they plan on doing. So not only do they plan on stopping, right? So by September, that balance sheet, remember, they were supposed to get it down to what? Like $2 trillion? I think they're going to end up somewhere, what, $3.8 trillion, right? Not even close, right? They, they didn't get anywhere close to making it. But what I think they're going to do, and he hinted at it, he didn't say it explicitly, but he kind of did. Because remember, the balance sheet is a mix. They bought treasuries, and they bought mortgage-backed securities. Now, the treasuries is the bigger piece of it. If, if I was to say what the mix was, and, and maybe 70-30, right? 70% of its treasuries, 30% of its mortgage-backed securities, something like that. Maybe 65-35. What I believe that they're going to do after September 
is they'll sell the mortgage-backed securities and start buying treasuries again. I think this is this is how bad it is. We truly have people not going to these auctions. That the central bank, starting in September, October, will start buying treasuries again. But they'll do it in, in a way that they'll say, well, you know, we're, we're just uh, adjusting the balance sheet here. Pretty good plan, if you ask me. Problem is, when you're done with the mortgage backs, then what? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. So this is, this is the new, new plan. And I'll say this. It's good and it's bad. The bad is simple. They missed it again. The economy, and, and, and I don't want to be negative. I, this is just what it is. It's much, much slower than they thought it was going to be. I don't know why they thought it was going to be faster. And it's still slowing. I hope we avoid recession. Remember the guy that I, I like the most, Jeffrey Gunlotch. Just remember what he told you about 2019. We are going to retest the lows in the stock market and then go lower. Mostly because, listen, the central bank, they don't know what they're doing. They tried to not take the medicine they needed to take simple. They took a debt problem and they tripled it, and then tried to claim they fixed it. Well, we just found out the new high watermark for interest rates, didn't we? 2.4%. Can't go any higher than that ever again. Anybody who ever saved money, you are now screwed. Right? And I know, and also, hey, no inflation, right? Come on. You'll never get paid for your savings ever again. Uh, not ever, but you know what I'm saying. And here's the problem. A lot of people think the Fed's going to start cutting rates. That 2.4% number, as of last night, the two-year note, the three-year note, and the five-year note were all less than the Fed's funds rate. I've never seen that before. Right? They, this morning, the seven-year note was below as well. The 10-year note got to 2.5. Fed funds rate's 2.4. That means the banks can't make any money. <laughs> I, I, mean, that's I, I mean, that's how I look at it. Now, the, the, they've rallied a little bit. The last I saw, the 10-year note was back to 2.52. But, but here's where, where they're at. So... Uh, and and thank, thanks to Wolf Richter, he, he's done the math for me. So the runoff will end September 30th. At that point, the central bank, according to Wolf Richter, and, and he's a great, I'm, I'm going to trust his numbers here. The central bank will sell $20 billion of mortgage-backed securities every month. They will take the money and reinvest the mortgage-backed securities into treasury securities. 
So starting in October, the central bank will start buying $20 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities. Or I'm sorry, selling $20 billion in mortgage-backed, buying $20 billion in treasuries to try to help alleviate the issue. We don't have enough people to buy them. My concern is, what happens when you run out of mortgage backs? Powell says that the balance sheet will be a bit above $3.5 trillion. So uh, I said three eight, maybe it's three six, somewhere between three five and three eight. The balance sheet will remain at that level, and they hope that the economy will grow. So the the size of the balance sheet compared to GDP will get better. That's nonsense, right? Because we all know the balance sheet is going to grow again the next time we have trouble. The Fed may uh, sell mortgage-backed securities outright to speed up the process of getting rid of them. In other words, if $20 billion isn't enough, we can sell them faster. That's not good. I hope that doesn't happen because that means it's getting worse. They said uh, no decision as to whether they'll go to short-term versus long-term. Here's how it breaks down. By the way, let me just tell you wh- how much expires every month. Starting in May, and it's interesting, why did they pick May? Right? Why didn't they say starting in April? Well, the answer is pretty simple. In April, only $32 billion of, tr- of their treasuries that they hold and mortgage backs that they hold matured. In May, the number jumps to $58 billion. And So they said, hey, we're only going to sell $15 billion of it, right? A- again, right? Too big of a number. By August, the number climbs to $70 billion a month. So they wrap this thing up in September and, and it'll hold there, at least at that level. The only difference will be they'll hold $3.5 trillion, $3.6 trillion, whatever that number is. But they are going to continue to sell the mortgage backs. And by my estimations, I think that'll be about $1.4 trillion worth. I think. Maybe it's a trillion. Not sure. Don't quote me on that number. Uh, but but somewhere between $1 trillion and $1.4 in mortgage backs uh, will now go all to Treasury. So the central bank trying to extend here. They threw out the caveat, hey, if it starts getting ugly, we can sell the mortgage backs faster. And I don't know, does that mean they're not going to hold them to maturity? I don't know how that, how they would do that. But they say they can which would allow them to buy even more bonds at the debt auctions. My question is simple. What happens when you run out? Then what? Final segment coming up on a Thursday. Final segment on a Thursday. Uh, right now, gold's up eight from yesterday. So uh, big moves. Uh, gold in New York 
was closed when the Fed made the announcement. So then you had gold open in the aftermarket, shot way up. Uh, right now, gold's 13.10. So depending on where you look, I think Kiko will have it down. Uh, New York will have it up. Either way, doesn't matter. The price is uh, 13.10. Silver is up 17 cents. Uh, same deal there, right? So 15.43 an ounce on silver today. Uh, the Dow, well, if they finished down with 150 points yesterday. It's up 200 points today. Apple. The big mover. Apparently, uh, you buy Apple stock <laughs> with the Federal Reserve. I don't. It's, put it this way: uh, none of this matters. The last half hour of trade today uh, will go a long way in where the Dow is going to end up. By the way, Levi Strauss had an IPO today. So uh, obviously, remember when they used to make jeans here? Now they make them, I don't know what country they make them in, but we like to buy them. Uh, they had an IPO today, uh, which got everybody excited. I think we're going to get Lyft and Uber this year as well. Uh, so look out for those. That'll make them happy. Uh, so the new, the big news of the day is pretty simple. Gold and silver are now Tier 1 assets. The central bank says growth is slowing it's already i mean right duh no rate hikes we're going to end the sell and by the way in may they go they the sell goes all the way down to 15 billion so they'll sell 15 billion may june july august and september and then starting in october they're not going to sell any and then they're going to turn around and, and readjust their balance sheet, get rid of the mortgage-backed securities, and essentially when, they, when they're done, they want to end up with nothing but treasuries. One of the other key notes is they're going to continue to pay banks not to lend money. They said the reason why is they want to ensure that they have enough money at its disposal to use if necessary. Don't know what that means. Well, I think I know what that means. Hey, by the way, if things get any worse here, we may have to start adding again uh, instead of this little slow plan that we're, we're telling you about. And we want to make sure we got enough cash on hand that we can start buying 30, 40, 50, 100 billion a month in security. I mean, that's the only way I see this playing out. I see interest rates now for the next decade between, I don't know, negative 2 and 2.4 that we have. How about negative 2.4 to the 2.4 we sit at today? I don't see them ever going any higher. I, I think we've kind of hit the exhaustion level on debts, and now we're going to have the the economy that doesn't grow. Right? And I hate to say it, right? Japan. The problem is we were a reserve currency. The yen was never a reserve currency. I, I think it make when it when it ends, it makes it worse, not better. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone, take care.
God bless everybody. <laughs>